G'day guys and girls and welcome back to part two of this week's podcast. Thanks again for joining us and what we want to do is jump straight into your questions on Twitter at the moment. Uh, what are you doing over there? What was that sound in there, folks? Oh, you're putting... I was putting my, uh, the lid on the pen back in. You're trying to one hand, you've got the pen lid in your mouth and you're trying to put the pen back in. It's an extremely risky maneuver. And failing dismally. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump straight into your questions out there on Twitter. Um, first one came in from Matt Moyle, who's asking, he's actually split this up into two, one for classic and one for draft. The classic question is, given Collingwood's matchups over the next month or so, would trading in Howe or Pendlebury, or even both, be a good idea, given I have lack of players in the middle by? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Who are, who are Collingwood playing in the next few weeks? So they have the Dogs at Etihad this week, yep. Frio at the MCG the week after, uh-huh. Melbourne at the MCG the week after that, and so, then they have their bye. So the next three games, um, pretty decent. Yeah. Melbourne probably Melbourne's the, tough. The tough, but they do like playing at the G, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, I love it. I mean, Pendlebury more so. Pendlebury has just been so consistent, but is still underrepresented in terms of ownership. Yes, so Pendle's $719,000, Howe $644,000, so obviously Howe's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Howe's break-even is 55 too, so you're probably getting him at the slump in his price. Mm-hmm. Um, in yeah, his price. Love it. But I like both of them coming in. Yeah, either, either one or both, if... Pendles would be slightly above if you had to pick just one, I but how yeah. how is a great choice as well. I agree. Um, is a uh, second question for draft is: Do you think Viney is a decent draft pickup? Yes, yes, but it depends what you mean by pickup. If Viney is for some reason on your waiver wire, so if you're in a a fairly shallow draft, then yeah, absolutely, he's a he's a great pickup. Um, that's a that's a very good choice. But if he is Someone that you're looking at going and picking up. If you can't get him for a reasonable price, then don't don't pay overs yeah. for him because he he's a good draft player, but he's not he's not going to win you games off yeah. his own boot. He's a good sort of solid depth type guy. Exactly. Here, yeah. but if he is on your waiver list, if that's what you mean by picking him up, absolutely go out and grab him. Great idea. Um, uh, oh, Goonbag Fantasies, the legend himself has messaged asking uh, two parts again. Uh, which is the best rookie to bring in out of Ridley and Tim Smith for Melbourne? Um, and the second question was, who should I bring in for Finlayson out of Crisp, Whitfields, or Adams using DPP? Um, all right, we'll, uh, we'll answer the first one, which was Ridley or Tim Smith. All right, so Ridley scored, is it 80-something? 80 86 or 89 from memory. Um, let's have a look-see here. So... Uh, Ridley was the rebounding defender from Essendon, and he scored uh, 89 on debut, which was which was a very good score. He's 205k, and his break even is negative 14. Mm-hmm. Love it. And from Melbourne, Tim Smith also well, he he's not on debut. This is his first game for the year, but he did have two last year. Yeah. Um, so I'd assume he'd be a little bit more expensive. He had 86 points this week. You would assume correctly. He's 212,000 and his break-even is negative 9. So there's not too much of a difference in terms of price. It's fairly negligible. It really comes down to what position you need to um, downgrade him. Yeah, yeah. So but, um, roll rise moving forward, you'd think Ridley's probably got more job security. I think Ridley is much safer because he just looked composed uh, Essendon need a bit of composure in the back line at times and it, it doesn't look like there's anyone like pushing him out of the side whereas for Melbourne they are such a good team at the moment 
that some of their VFL guys could be pushing up for selection. Their forward line two is where yeah. the changes usually happen. Yeah, and with Melbourne, if they're going to make changes, usually it's the half-back line or the half-forward line. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, uh, if I put it this way, so um, out of Melbourne's players, you would think that Spargo and uh, Tim Smith are probably the first two to go out yeah. of the ones that were playing on the weekend. Agreed. Whereas for Ridley, he might not even be in the bottom five, four or five players that need to go before uh, when they're uh, making team selections. So... Uh, yeah, definitely Ridley for me. Yep, agreed. The second part of that question was, who would you bring out of Crisp, Whitfield, or Adams for Finlayson? Ooh, alrighty. So Crisp, 606,000. Yep. Um, he's got the Bullies next, and he's averaging 89. Mm-hmm. Whitfield, 622,000, playing Essendon, and is averaging 91. Yep. And Adams is 610,000, playing Bullies, averaging 80.7. All right. So straight off the cab, I'm going to say... Adams, no. Adams, absolutely no. He's done terribly this year, um, and this week alone, you know, he's also done pretty poor with, with Pendlebury back. So, you know, for me on Adams. Yeah. So it's between Crisp and Whitfield for me. Jesus. All right. What you're doing is you're backing in Crisp from his last three weeks, because I owned Crisp in salary cap, and this is so bloody painful. I owned him for five or six weeks, mm-hmm. and he was shocking. I did say, though, at the beginning of the year, he always starts the year slowly. He builds into his year. Because I've only been keepers for two years before I got rid of him. And it was the same. Mm. Starts the year badly every year, builds into the year, comes good in the second half. Yeah, but I I just worried that he's going to go back to that. I mean, he's don't get me wrong. He's had three very, very good weeks. Like, um, almost top defender weeks. Yep. But you're you're backing him in just off of those three. It's a smaller sample size. Yeah. Um, I mean, Whitfield... Yeah, he had that great start to the season, but he's been down as well. It's a toss of the coin between I those two. I think it really is. I think it's it's who do you enjoy watching? Who more? suits your buy structure better? Because yeah, uh, I believe that uh, GWS have the... Uh, I think they're the second buy and um, Collins are the last. Yes. So it's which one suits your buy structure a bit better. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I would look at it from that perspective as opposed to... You know, one being particularly better than the other. Oh, no, actually, Collingwood and Giants have got the same buy. <clears throat> oh, they do. They're too. both in the second buy. Coin flip, mate. Just uh, just flip a coin. Heads for Whitfield, tails for Crisp. Because, I I mean, I have no faith in Crisp after his start to the year, but I also have no faith in Whitfield after his past month and a half. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah, I... Yeah, you even you, you, you don't own either of those two players, and you're, you're still not... I think it's a flip of the coin, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll move on to the next question, which is from Ryan. who's He's got a couple as well. Uh, he's asking our thoughts on Jack Billings in keeper terms. Is he still a top 10 forward value-wise? I shall hand over to my learned colleague who owns <sighs> uh, Jack Billings in a keeper league. I do own Jack Billings in a keeper league. Okay. Um, is he a top 10 forward keeper-wise? Yes, he still is. Um, the reason for that is St Kilda as a team have been shit this year, and everyone was expecting them to get to get better. Mm-hmm. Now, is Billings a reason for that? Yes, because everyone expected him to take an extra step to save his life. Can't kick a goal, you know. But is he the sole reason for that? No. At some stage in the next couple of years, St Kilda, I'm sure, will put it together because they do have some talent. Yep. Billings is a very talented player, and he's still only 22 years old. That is a big, big thing in his favour. 
If you're asking me for this year or for redraft, no. no, he's not even close to the top ten. He's not close to the top forty. He's considered dropping rubbish. in redraft, but as a top ten in keeper leagues, yes, he definitely is. Um, does he move down a little bit? Yeah, he was probably the top keeper forward. Um, I mean, can you think of any others that were going, pushing him out going into the beginning, going into of, the beginning year, of this year? Probably not off the top of my head, because a lot of your other top forwards at the beginning of this year were. Older, so Franklin, as an example, who's just yeah, buddy, a bit Manigola, too old. Menegola, who's, who's going to lose forward, forward status, status at some stage. McLean, who is still unproven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devin Smith, who had the injury question mark. James, James Sicily has turned into one of the better forward slash defenders, but yeah. wasn't quite. Yeah, everyone wasn't sure at the start of the year. Um, yeah, so he was probably one or two at the start of the year. He probably slips down to somewhere around six, seven, or eight or something like that. Yeah, at the he'd moment. probably be at the bottom of that top ten list at the moment, for, I think. But I, I agree with everything you've just yeah. said. Yeah, youth and prospective ability, they're all big things in his favor. So, yes, Brian, that are still definitely a top ten player. Um, his second part is, are you ditching Robbie Gray because he's playing forward again? I think well, we, we covered this during the main. Yeah, I think we answered this. Podcast. I'll reiterate it very, very quickly. Yep. Um, I think yes, but I'm not doing it this week unless I've got nothing else to do because um, I was always planning on him not playing this week. So I should have built that into my plan for the <laughs> buy rounds. Um, um, so I'm probably looking at moving him on. Next week, and ideally, I think I try and sideways into well, Rockcliffe. Uh, probably not next week. Oh, I. If you're going to trade him out next week, I would trade him out this week because you're copying a zero. So it's, I mean, why not have someone for an extra two weeks? Just because you might have other things to do. Like pretty much every rookie that we looked at today, bar one or two, we're going, move him on. Yeah, but I mean, if you're, uh, for me, uh, if you're keeping him for one more week after the buy, just to see if he's still in that pure forward role, that's a great, that's a great option. I don't mind that at all. If you're automatically saying, I'm definitely getting rid of him next week, why mm-hmm. cop a donor? I can understand you wanting to get rid of rookies, mm-hmm. but why not just use him as your stepping stone now so you get extra points? Um, I know, I know in, the long, yeah. in the long run, it's probably going to even out because you're going to cop a donut from probably whoever you trade in. Well, you will do. Because oh, well, they haven't played their buys yet. Although you won't if it's Rockcliffe. Well, that's why I'm... well. Exactly. If I'm switching him to Rocky, there's literally no point doing well, it you're this getting, week. Yeah, true. Because he's got to buy as well. But it, if you're bringing somebody else in, then they still have a donut to yeah. come. It just seems like there's no point to doing it directly next week either, um, if you've made your mind up on it. I think it depends what position your team's in. Yeah, for me, if you've made your mind up on it, get rid of him this week. If you haven't, you want to see, obviously, wait another week. But no, I, for me personally, I would wait one more week. I would give him one more week after the buy, just to see what he does. Uh, if I'm moving him on, I'm moving him on next week. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, that was the second part of Ryan's question. Uh, oh, Jesus. Uh, Is dating advice? Yeah, dating advice. <laughs> so, still keeps seeping in from dating advice, AFL. Um, <laughs> oh, great. Um, so there are... Uh, now, we don't, we don't have an E next to our podcast. For explicit. For explicit. I don't know if we can say this question... But uh, we'll, we'll say F, marry, or kill, shall we? Yep. Right. F, marry, or kill, which is that classic game. I mean, everyone knows it. And they're asking about James Sicily, Toby McLean, and Zach Jones, which I'm sure is coming from the perspective of, of watching them as players as opposed to their fantasy ability because 
I like that um, Brody has responded to that and said, how is Zach Jones in the same conversation as those two studs? <laughs> okay. Well, that's your word, which is uh, pretty obvious when it comes to Brody and who he likes in terms of players. Mm. But this is, of course, friend of the podcast, Brody. Friend of the podcast, co uh, part-time co-host Brody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Oh, geez. Well, I was going to say tough question, but is it is it really? Can, can we kill all of them? Can we just... No, you've got to play the game. <sighs> but I don't like any of them as players. They're so annoying to watch. Um, uh, well, I'll let you play it then. You're you're the man who regularly responds to dating advice, and uh, I walked right into that one. Yeah, you did. You clearly shouldn't have actually given them (laughs) any form of respect over the past few weeks. Um, let's see. Come on, you got this, mate. All right, so I'm going to marry McLean because I think he has less anger management issues than the other two, so I'm less likely to get killed. That's a good point. Yeah, Um, Australia says no. Exactly. Domestic violence is not good. No. Um, yeah. Sicily seems a bit whiny, so I'm going to kill him. <laughs> Jesus. Which means I guess I'm having some fun times with Zach Jones. <laughs> You're not having fun times. <laughs> I don't think I am, no. <laughs> Nobody has fun times with Zach Jones. That's, it's good. Okay. <laughs> All right, we'll move on because the next question is from former uh, co-host Brody, uh, who's got a three-part question here. Uh, first part of which is, has McRae surpassed Tom Mitchell? Um, which is really interesting, actually. Mm. That is... Mm. So, on the year, McRae is averaging 131 points, or just over. Tom Mitchell is averaging 120. Uh, they've... Yeah. I mean, it depends where you're coming from with that question. If you are talking about long-term from a Keeper League point of view... No, Jack McRae has not surpassed Tom Mitchell because he hasn't done this for over a season and a half. Yeah, Like, Tom Mitchell put up these numbers last year, and even though he's had a little bit more of a down year, he's still averaging 120 this year, which is much more consistent than a lot of the other premiums from last year. Mm-hmm. Jack McRae has done this for nine rounds. It's been a fantastic nine rounds, don't get me wrong, and he has been clearly the top fantasy player this year. But from a keeper point of view, he has to do this all year uh, for me to even think about him going past Tom Mitchell. Uh, But from this year, absolutely. For a redraft, for salary cap, he is the top dog. No question about it. Um, Yes, I agree. Yep. Happy with that? Yep. Beauty. We'll move on to the second part of the question, which is, is Jack Darling legit or a sell-high prospect? Uh, What does he average from here? So I think we've covered this as well already, we, but... We did. I didn't mm-hmm. mind the sell-high option. I, I, I think you liked that as well. Yeah, I think he is going to average well for the rest of the year. I'm not sure that I'm convinced yet that he's legit. No. Legit. No, I don't think he's... Uh, because over the past few weeks, he's averaged over 100. I don't think he's that legit. No. But can he average 90 for I the rest of the year? I think he can do 90. Yeah, I think, I, he, I think he can do that for sure. With this kind of form, I don't see yeah. why not. But I like the idea of selling him high because you're going to get a lot from him at the moment. Love it. Um, and last part of that question is how... <laughs> that was him responding to the other question, wasn't it? How is Zach was, Jones? Yeah. <laughs> Which I absolutely love. All right, so that is the questions that we have for this week. Mm. Um, and what we want to do is, of course, last part of the podcast every week, jump into our favourite game, Risk It For The Biscuit. Now... I'm sure you would have all listened and you know the rules by now, but basically what this game is all about 
It's about bringing in that one risky player for one week off the waiver wire who not a lot of people own, but he'll get you the win that week. We're backing him in to have a huge score and get you that win over a ladder leader or if you've got an injury or a spot that needs filling, this is the guy to bring in. Um, obviously, the rules has to be less than 50% owned in ultimate footy. That's the uh, metric we use. Yep. And also, we can't have chosen him twice uh, in we can't a reuse him. Exactly. Until we get to the tipping point. Which I think is this week, to be completely honest. Seriously? I oh. found no, actually, a I, few options. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> the um, the buy is generally when we sort of do that. So yeah, after the buy, is, the buy. We, uh, we will most likely change that rule. All right. So a refresh from last week. Yep. Um, I had Maine and Jed Anderson. Yes. Maine scored 40 something. So <laughs> fail. Jed Anderson, though, 94. Amazing. You've already said double tick. Fantastic. Good. Two ticks. You went. Brendan Archie and Ed Phillips. Both went bad. Both failed. Both went bad. So score update, I am on eight, you're on six. Yeah, right. I've taken the lead. Yeah. Well, you've taken the lead in an imaginary trophy because you still haven't made me my one from last year. So I might actually make it if it looks like I'm going to win. I am waiting on that, mate. (laughs) All right. So uh, first, I think I'm up this week. it's your turn. Yes. So I'm going with a 49% owned Forward from Carlton. Mm-hmm. I brought him up in the podcast as well, and particularly interesting for keeper leagues. Darcy Lang. I mean, I thought you might. He is. I mean, he. They brought him in for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are going to play him when he's not injured, when he has match fitness. He's had seventy-eight and seventy-nine the two games he's played this year. So they've been solid. Obviously, he'll build up his fitness as yep. it goes on, um, and. The best part for me is this week in particular, he's playing Geelong, who have been giving up scores lately because they are, they're just playing poorly. He's going to have that added um, impetus as well to do well against his old team. He will. So I have. Or it'll go the other way and he'll shank everything because he'll try too hard. <laughs> I just, I, I'm on the opposite side. I'm on the uh, the optimistic glasses half full kind of no, side I think there. He'll play well. And I think he's going to have a really good game. The fact that he's a, available as a forward in more than half of the leagues out there. As well as you'd assume a few of them would be keeper leagues. Go out and grab so. him. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he's just a good, good player. Yeah. Um, so that is my first pick, Darcy Lane. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah. Um, I thought you would. I am going to go. Did I choose? <laughs> Was Darcy Lane one of yours? Uh, he's one that I looked at. Yeah, yeah there we go. Um, I usually I actually figure this out before we start, but <laughs> yes. I've got three options here, and I haven't figured out which ones I'm oh, going to so use. So you're winging it, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with my number one option because we've done a lot of forwards lately, haven't done many defenders. Yep. So I'll go back to Brad Shepard. Yeah, Brad Shepard's having a sneaky, just a solid year. Yep, so 30% owned, um, Eagles defender. He's had back-to-back scores in the high 80s. Mm -hmm. He plays Hawthorne next week at Etihad. Etihad is quite a good scoring ground for fantasy. Um, Won't be any rain. Won't be any rain. Can get some plus sixes. Um, Hawks will want to rebound after last week so you'd think they'd be pretty fired up there'll be a lot of inside 50 entries for them which means there'll be a lot of ball for Shepard to rebound I like that yeah that's a good choice actually and he is really underrated in draft leagues I know he's I mean he's probably just consistent around about a 70 to 75 or something every week but if he can get those extra plus sixes for you this week great choice Um, last pick is I mean I've been on the Essendon Rookies couple of times. Oh, I and it's, where you're going. It's really let me down, but I'm not going Guelphy. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't, I can't bring myself to go Guelphy again. What I am going to pick is, I'm going to go with Jordan Ridley again. 
You love your, your rookies. I love my rookies, but I just love the way this kid looked. And they wanted to get the ball in his hands as well. He's only 14% owned, so he's available out there in keeper leagues. That's the big thing for me as a youngster. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, defender, uh, like I said, 14% owned. He's playing GWS, who are underperforming, yeah. but not just underperforming. They're particularly poor in their forward line, which yeah. means that he's not going to have a lot to struggle with as a defender. So there's going to be some easy ball out of the back. Six. Um, and he scored an 89 on his first outing. I mean, all the signs are there. Uh, he's playing the right uh, competition this week. And like I said, if you are in a keeper league and you've got an extra spot, someone that's not performing particularly well on your emergency list, get them out and bring this kid in because he could be something really good. Cool. I like it. Sweet. Um, my second one, I am going to go with a Sydney forward, Harry Cunningham. All right, yeah. Harry Cunningham keeps getting bandied around on a few different podcasts on the way oh, to the really? wire for a few of them, yeah. yeah. okay. What do you like in Harry Cunningham? Because the fact that his last two scores have been the mid-90s. Yeah. Um, he's only owned by 32% of teams. Those two scores were against Hawthorne and Frio who have been giving scores up. He's got Brisbane at the Gabba next, so um, they give up some points. Yeah. No, it's I, pretty much. It's basically just the fact he's got back-to-back 90s. Back-to-back 90s and playing a really good opposition this week. Yeah, um, matchup based. I like it. I have no issue with that. But I I really worry sometimes about some of those Sydney, uh, you know, I don't want to say lower tier players, but it's sort mm. of what they are. Those, um, uh, how, would, how would you say? like uh, Running half forward, half backs. Yeah, the B grader sort of side. Like they're not your Luke Parkers, Josh Kennedys, all those sorts of guys. Um, uh, we're talking about obviously like Nick Newman, Harry Cunningham, George Hewitt, um, Papa Papley. You'd think I would have learned after Hewitt and Papley. You'd think you would have, but you clearly (laughs) haven't. But, I mean, hopefully it seems like everything's falling uh, in place this week for for, uh, Harry Cunningham. So, no issue with going out and grabbing him. That is the podcast for the week, everyone. Thank you so much again for joining us. Yes. Don't forget, if you listen on iTunes, jump on, give us a like, give us a rating, and uh, give us five stars, if you don't mind. And if you want to contact us, we're on Twitter, at ExtendedBenchAU. You can send us a question anytime you like, and we'll give you a hand if we have a chance. So we will catch you again next week. Hopefully you have a great weekend of fantasy footy ahead of you with some massive scores.